this morning. Uh, yeah, my name's Daniel, if you've not met before. Hi, I'm Marita Rosie. We've got four children, and we love being a part of this um, family, this community, just yeah, echoing what everyone else has said, what Alan said. Um, yeah, we just love being here with our brothers and sisters. Um, anyone watching The Apprentice at the moment? It's just started back on our TV screens. Anyone enjoy the show? Is it just me and Rosie? We, uh, we, it's a few people, don't worry, there's no shame. Or guilt. We, we really enjoy um, watching The Apprentice. We think it's a good show. Um, and I particularly enjoy watching it um, in the very first few episodes. Um, the, the, just the first few episodes where they start to introduce the new candidates. And these um, candidates, they start to do little pieces to camera where they introduce themselves. And I, I just find it really funny how, um, how brash they are, how, how self-confident they are in themselves. Um, um, they're, just, they're, they're relentlessly selling themselves. It's, it's just so hilarious, those first few episodes. Um, I mean, we've all had to go through interview processes before where we have to put ourselves in a positive light, but they, they take it to another level. Um, it's really funny. Let me just quickly show you some examples. Um, these are a few um, previous candidates where they're having to sell themselves. Um, Shibby said in 2010, my first word wasn't mummy, it was money. I mean, who would say that? Alex, in 2010, I think outside the box. If I was an apple pie, the apples inside me would be oranges. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Um, let's, there's another slide. Let's flip to the sides what the other candidates have had to say. Um, let me choose one. Everything I touch turns to sold. Thank you, Stuart. There's a few from Stuart, actually. Um, Ian, 2008, there are two types of people in the world. Winners and... I don't know how to say the word, I can't even say it. Thank, thank you, Ian. Let's go to the final screen and see what other candidates have said in the past. Um, Vincent, in 2011, I, I remember this guy. My positive approach and very good looks make me stand out from the crowd. Um, and Ricky, who was actually a winner in 2012. Uh, I'm like a shark, right at the top of the food chain. I take what I want, when I want. I truly am the reflection of perfection. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ricky, for that. Um, it's, I mean, they are desperate to be the best. Um, obviously, it's a TV show. It's, it can, they, they put things in a little bit of an extreme way. Um, but they are desperate to be the best. They are sold out to make a name for themselves. And their competition is fierce, which for me makes it a great show. And Because I... I like competition. I grew up in a competitive environment. I've got two brothers who are close to me in age, and we would constantly be competing with each other. Um, I mean, everything, anything where there could be a winner, we would compete um, about it. Any sort of sports game, gymnastics, board games. As much as I'd like to be competitive, I wasn't very good at competition, so I wasn't, it was very rare that I actually won something. My brothers were far better than me at board games or sports games. Um, but we, I mean, anything, even he would be the tallest growing up. We used to compete, he would be the tallest. And I won that one. I, I can tell I won that one. He'd be the he would be the best looking. Well, Rosie won that one. But this desire to, to make ourselves, um, make a name for ourselves, it's nothing new. And I even remember growing up, um, when we were um, young Christians, fairly immature Christians, we used to compete who had the best revelation. We even competed over who would have the best revelation. And we would get together with us and some friends, um, and we'd, still, we'd, get, and we'd share from the word, and we'd be competing about who had the deepest theology, who had the greatest insight, all convinced that God had chosen me to reveal 
these greatest of mysteries, always trying to get one up on each other, always trying to make a name for ourselves above each other. But we've, we've had a, a revelation of grace since those days, so we're, we're not as competitive. Um, but yeah, we're wanting to make a name for ourselves, um, just as like the apprentice candidates. Um, and we see it in, Gen- in Genesis. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 11 this morning. This idea of people trying to make a name for themselves. So yeah, Genesis 11, um, this is shortly after the flood. These are Noah's descendants, and they're starting to settle um, and to find a place that they can call home. And we'll read it from verse 1. Genesis 11, verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So we see here that when we take um, God out of the picture, pride and self-promotion becomes the priority. And what's interesting for me in this story is how quickly it escalates. Um, how quickly they're, they're talking to one another. They're, there's the one language, their common speech, um, and they're starting to talk to each other about how they can create a safe place to live. And they start to encourage one another, and they start to become more daring in their endeavours. They start to become more daring um, with their creations. And we read in verse 2 that, um, let's make bricks. So they've gone for already from um, stones, a natural God-made thing, um, and they've gone escalated from there. They've progressed from there and they said, let's bake bricks for ourselves. Let's create these man-made materials that we can build something. Um, and then, so they, yeah, so let us make bricks instead of stones and let's use tar instead of mortar. So they're, progress- they're progressing, they're escalating. We could make walls for ourselves to give ourselves safety. We could make a whole city with a Tesco, John Lewis, Costa Coffee. Let's even make the biggest tower this world has ever seen. See, it's escalating, escalating. And if we make this, we will be famous. They will talk of our works and our efforts for generations. If the floods return, even this tower will give us protection. In this tower, we could find security. We could climb this tower and we could elevate ourselves above all the neighboring tribes. And in verse four we read, that we may make a name for ourselves. That we may make a name for ourselves. Just like the apprentice candidates, just like me and my immaturity trying to earn God's approval and my brother's approval. Just like all of us before we met Christ, when our priority was my reputation and my name's sake. Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and uh, and verse 1 to 3. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. 
Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So this is how we used to live. This is what our, our life used to be like before we met Jesus. But let me ask you um, something this morning. Do you find that sometimes you slip back into your own efforts or striving? Or slip back into the sin that once held you captive? Maybe in a difficult time or, or in a difficult season of life that our trust in Jesus weakens and our hope in him starts to diminish. Maybe the deceiver who is at work in this world, he has whispered lies to us. Jesus isn't going to come through for us this time. The issue, this problem, this mountain is too big even for God. I haven't been healed yet. Maybe it's not God's will for me to be well. I have messed up too many times. Would God forgive me again? And I have some great news for you this morning. There is a name. There is a name. And this name is higher than any other name. Let's continue reading Ephesians 2 um, from verse 4. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So God has made us alive with Christ. And God has raised us up with Christ. With Christ. We have been raised with Christ. So when we were saved, we entered into a personal, exciting, adventurous um, relationship with Jesus. And we have this precious relationship because Jesus chose to humble himself to even death on a cross in order that we could be saved. And when he rose from the dead, God exalted him. God exalted him. Let's turn in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So God gave him the name that is above every name. When I was 13, um, I was kicking the football about in our front garden and uh, my five siblings and my dad, they'd all gone out to various places and it was just my mum at home and she was upstairs having a nap, she was asleep in her bedroom and it was just me um, outside, I was just practising my Cantonar penalty kicks in the front yard um, and I, as I was doing that, I, I could hear the, the voice of a man and the voice of a woman and I thought to myself, I wonder who my mum is talking to. Um, but I wasn't that concerned. I just ignored it. I carried on kicking the football around. Um, but these, th this talking, this conversation, it turned into shouting. And they're really starting to lose it with each other, these voices. And I'm increasingly starting to get concerned and worried. And I've just no idea who is this guy shouting at my mum. No one's around. And so there is this sinking realisation that it's up to me to do something about this. I somehow have to step in and, and help my mum. 
And in that moment of stress, um, in that situation that, that's spiraling out of control, um, I'm feeling really hopeless, I'm feeling desperate, and there's, there's just one thing that I could think of that would save my mom. The one thing that, I've been, that I was taught growing up, that when we're faced an impossible situation, if we do this thing, it will always save us and help us. So I mustered up all the boldness and, and, and courage that I could get, and I step inside the house. And at the top of my voice, um, I shout in my loudest voice, in the name of Jesus, get off my mum. In the name of Jesus, get off my mum. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I, I just keep shouting it and then I wait in anticipation. And seconds later, my mum peers down from the landing and it turns out that it was the neighbours arguing and my mum was fast asleep and she'd been woken up by me randomly shouting the name of Jesus around the house. My brothers laughed at me at that one. But there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is complete authority in the name of Jesus. God has placed all things under the feet of Jesus and appointed him head over everything everywhere. Ephesians 1.22 says he is seated far above, far above all rule, authority, power, and all dominion. Jesus is even the ultimate apprentice candidate. He would have won that show, I'm telling you. So are you getting it this morning? Every knee on earth, every knee in heaven, every knee under the earth will bow at the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus. And it's at the name of Jesus that we left our old life and entered into God's family. It's at the name of Jesus that the mountains move that the solutions come, the miracle comes, breakthrough comes. It's at the name of Jesus where there is comfort, where there is salvation, where there is grace in times of need, where there is peace in times of trouble. It's at the name of Jesus that we see healing in our bodies, we see healing in our minds, we see healing in our emotions. It's at the name of Jesus that we see restoration in our families, that we see restoration in our neighborhoods, that we see restoration in our city. It's at the name of Jesus that the works of the enemy dissipate. Even the demons flee at your name, is what the disciples said when they were commissioned out in Luke 10, 17. So Jesus, even now I pray that whatever lie, whatever wrong belief, whatever um, deceit of the enemy that has been at work in anyone in this room, Right now, in the name of Jesus, I say that the enemy is defeated, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And right now, in your name, Jesus, I bind any work, any work that seeks to separate us from you. And in your name, Jesus, I break off any, any entanglements and anything um, that doesn't bring life and freedom. And Jesus, I say in your name that there is life and there is freedom. Amen. 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 Just as I was um, just seeking God and praying, um, just, uh, yeah, the name of Jesus, um, I felt that there'd be somebody here this morning who's um, having, been having a gambling problem. They're, they're struggling with um, and addicted to gambling. 
And I felt that God was saying, you know, whoever that person is, um, that in, in this gambling addiction, the reason you have this gambling addiction is because of something in your past. I felt that when you were in your, um, in your teenage years, that there was something in, in that time of your life where there was a hurt and there was a pain. And that hurt and that pain is still there, and you've been masking it over um, through gambling. It's been taking your, um, it's been appeasing that hurt and that pain um, through that gambling addiction. And I just believe that Jesus would say to you this morning that he's um, here to set you free from that gambling addiction. Um, and not only that, he's here to um, heal the pain and to heal um, the suffering that, was, um, that you um, had, that hurt that you received um, at that time in your life that you're still carrying today, that Jesus is here to heal you and to set you free from that gambling addiction. So if that's you, we just pray um, that for Jesus' name over your situation. Amen. Uh, so can I encourage us to be those um, that speak his name? that speak his name, that make his name famous, that make his name famous. Rosie and I, um, we've recently been talking about this phrase um, in in Psalm 66, um, where it says, let the sound of praise be heard. Let the sound of praise be heard. And it was amazing just to hear the contributions this morning, just exalting us to, um, let, to lift our voices and to sing new songs and sing, have our voices of praise that can um, set us free from um, all sorts of troubles and tribulations we may be going through, that we, as we lift our voices, as we praise him, um, that heaven responds. And, um, and Rosie and I, yeah, we've just been really um, just thinking about all that. And yeah, how does heaven respond when there's a sound of praise from the church that affects the church um, and if the, an atmosphere that as the church um, has a sound um, that it affects our city as well and also just how heaven responds. So it was amazing just to hear um, those contributions this morning and say, yeah, this is how God responds when there's a sound from the church when we lift our voices, heaven responds. Um, and just around that, another question I've been um, sort of asking myself is, um, what does heaven sound like? Uh, sorry, what does, um, what does faith sound like? What does faith sound like? Um, often we talk about what faith looks like, but I've been asking myself, what, what's the sound of faith? Um, I believe there's many answers to that. Um, but one way in which we can make our faith, uh, make a noise with our faith, is declaring the name of Jesus. I believe that's a good place to start in saying, how can we make a sound that impacts our faith? Um, declaring the name of Jesus, speaking out the name of Jesus. And when we declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his glorious light, um, our faith begins to grow. Our faith grows. Um, When we worship with our voices, be it in the everyday or when we meet together, um, when we share with one another the goodness of what Jesus has done, when we share the power of Jesus with those that are not saved, faith grows. Our faith grows grows. And, um, and I just believe that as we increase in talking about Jesus and about worshipping him, um, the faith level in our city will also increase. And it's an atmosphere of faith um, that God responds to. It's an atmosphere like that, that God responds to and moves in great power. Um, just last month, I was um, walking and I'm reflecting on the, on the awesomeness of Jesus and um, just the fact that he is seated on the throne, that he is in that place of authority. And as I'm just worshipping Jesus as I'm walking down the road, and um, just at the thought that he's in control of this world, and um, that this earth is safe in this hands. And as I'm ma- meditating on this, um, Jesus, um, he says this to me. He says, there's going to be a breakthrough in hydrogen fuel in the domestic market. 
It's going to go from being used commerci commercially and into an energy source for domestic use. And, and, I, and so I hear this word, and my first thought is, I don't even know if hydrogen is an energy source. You know, that's the limit of my knowledge on this. Um, so I did some brief reading when I got home to find that it is used commercially um, as a source of energy, and that it is in currently it is in research and testing of how it can be an eco-friendly um, energy source and rolled out into the domestic markets. So if you know somebody or you yourself work in that field, um, you just keep pressing into Jesus. I believe he has something for you in, um, in your workplace, in your place of influence. So yeah, let's not get disheartened. Sometimes we may look around the world today, but Jesus is in control. He is in control. I'm finding for me that God is speaking um, to me more and more about the world around us, about the world around us, um, because he loves this world. He loves everybody and everything in it. Um, and he will continue to speak to you. In your world, in your place of influence, he will continue to speak to you. Um, and when he, when he speaks, when we speak his name, he will always respond to us. Like that happened to me as we're worshipping Jesus, as we're expressing and glorifying the, his name that has all the power and authority, um, he responds to us. Um, and this is what it means to be a prophetic community. This is what it means to be a prophetic community. Revelation 19.10 um, says this, it's the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So each and every one of us sat in this room has a voice, an instrument given by God, an opportunity to make a difference by what we say. Let's bring Jesus into the conversation. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3 says that the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So being prophetic isn't just about speaking the not yet or being futuristic, but it's about weaving the goodness of Jesus into our everyday. Right. Yeah. Testifying and de declaring the love and power of Jesus into the fabric of our lifestyle. I encourage you this week, find someone that you can comfort. Find someone you can encourage. Find someone that you can um, strengthen. Let the, the, the testimony of Jesus flow from your lips. Let the testimony of Jesus flow from your lips. Tell your spouse, tell your children, tell your connect group, tell your work colleagues, your neighbours, the person on the bus, in the supermarket, queue, on social media. This is how we make Jesus famous. This is how we make Jesus famous. This is how we can set the atmosphere of the city. This is what will bring business leaders, education authorities, politicians to the church for answers and for wisdom. Yes. This is what will build and mature the church and make herself ready. There is power in the name of Jesus as we sung this morning. There is. We were once like the people of Babel, living to make a name for ourselves. But through the love and power of Jesus, we have been saved and set free. And now we are all about making Jesus famous. And at the name of Jesus, we're going to see some incredible things. And just in, in conclusion, um, it would be great for us just to spend a bit of time um, connecting with Jesus, connecting with our relationship with Jesus. Um, Matthew 7 verse 22 says this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to you, I never knew you. 
I never knew you. So making his name famous has to come from a place of knowing him. Has to come from a place of a relationship with Jesus and knowing him. Um, Amen. So if the worship team can come up, um, let's stand to our feet and let's just spend a few moments just declaring his name. We've already heard um, the prophetic words come this morning about the sound of praise um, and the atmosphere that can create here as we meet together as a gathered church um, and how heaven can respond to that sound of praise. Um, so just in your own voices, you know, in your own way that we worship Jesus, I just ask one thing, that we use our voices. We use our voices this morning and we just declare his name, start to speak out his name.